Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Monday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thanks for joining us. I know it's been a while, and by a while, it's been, what, two days? Hopefully, you didn't miss me too much, but if you did, uh, don't worry. We have a great conversation in store for you today. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about, yeah, uh, the death penalty and why, even if you are a conservative, you should, in fact, be concerned about it. But before we get there, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout-out to today's sponsor, and that is the Brian Nichols Show shop over at Proud Libertarian. Check out our new swag. We have our new uh, uh, line here of the Magic Money Tree series, so uh, make sure you go ahead and grab that, and if you're over on our YouTube, you can see here for the Magic Money Tree, yes, it is a tree made of, in fact, every single one of those is a dollar bill for the leaves, and we got our, our little unicorn and uh, leprechauns underneath with uh, the Fed, of course, being the Magic Money Tree uh, at the center. If you want to go ahead and grab yours, we'll make sure you head to briannicholshow.com forward slash shop and use code TBNS at checkout. Uh, yeah, and you can go ahead and get, I think it's 10% off at uh, disc, uh, discount there at checkout. So why not? And also, this is a fun shirt. So one more time, you'll go ahead and get our Magic Money Tree series over at the Brian Nichols Show shop, briannicholshow.com forward slash shop. All right, folks. So going on to today's episode, want to go ahead and bring on a new guest talking about an issue we have talked about here on the show in the past, but today we're going to be talking to the new head of conservatives concerned about the death penalty, Demetrius Minor. Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show. That's quite the intro there, Brian. <laughs> How you doing, my man? Glad to be here. I, I was definitely intrigued by uh, the show opener. I, I like the, the Statue of Liberty emblem that you have there yeah. a, a, a reminder of why you and i do the work that we do amen here here and we got to hang out by the way uh fighting the good fight down in florida uh we hung out young americans for liberty ironically enough our tables were right next to each other and uh, we talked about this a little bit we talked about the importance of not just what we're trying to do here me, raise awareness in terms of uh, how we can sell liberty to folks out there with our solutions. What we saw there at Young Americans for Liberty with all the 1,000 plus young liberty activists who were out there ready to roll got me really pumped up and excited. And then what you guys are doing over conservatives concerned uh, about the death penalty. We had Hannah Cox on the show uh, many a time, good friend of the program, and she has talked uh, at length about what you guys have been doing over at Conservatives Concerned. But how about this, Demetrius? You're taking over the reins over Conservatives Concerned, and I'd love for you to, if you would, number one, re Introduce uh, conservatives' concern to the audience, but number two, if you would, introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to go with the latter. Um, my name is Demetrius Minor. I am the manager of Conservatives' Concern about the death penalty. Uh, I've been in uh, <clears throat> politics um, since whew, 2004, which seems like uh, light years ago. Um, so much has sh- changed and and shifted during that time. Um, I have a background in in church ministry, in radio, in television, uh, which really is a nice way of saying I run my mouth a lot. Um, I'm also a writer, an editor, um, but I'm very thankful for the work that I've been able to do with conservatives concerned about the national, conservatives concerned about the death penalty, because in the national space that we occupy, it's given me the opportunity to connect with like-minded people in the freedom and the liberty movement um, who, like me, um, see the problems that exist with the death penalty. 
and desire to bring it into it. Um, to give you some uh, the backstory of conservatives' concern about the death penalty, it was first formed, I think, in 2012 in the state of Montana when a group of Republican officials got together and talked about their opposition to the death penalty and some of the concerns that they have with it, that it doesn't align with conservative principles or the platform of freedom and liberty. And conservatives concerned about the death penalty was officially launched um, in 2013 at CPAC, which stands for Conservative Political Action Conference, which is the largest gathering of conservatives in the nation. Since then, we've seen the launching of 13 state chapters, including a recent one in Oklahoma, which I'm sure we'll get to in just a, a few moments. And um, we've been out, we've been able to spread this message of limited government, uh, but also bringing awareness of how ineffective the current justice system is um, to a national audience. And we've been able to see the death, the death penalty repealed in several states. And I'm just looking forward to that continued success. Yeah, well, let's talk about some of that success, because first and foremost, I, I think talking about what we've seen across the country, the conversation has changed in terms of how we're approaching the death penalty. And I think that is huge to begin with. It was, I think, almost a foregone conclusion in many cases that the death penalty was just a common sense solution for the worst case uh, situations, the worst criminals out there amongst uh, the, the criminals, and, and really should be used in those worst case scenarios. But it wasn't until I had originally Hannah on the program and she started going through some of the statistics and it really just blew me away of how not only yeah. does the death penalty not only not get used for exclusively those worst case scenarios, but many times it ends up putting innocent people to death who weren't even in, in the, the realm of being convicted, but they, they were actually charged due to the old ways of collecting you know, DNA or evidence back 30, 40, 50 years ago, and, and now they're the ones paying the price today. So there's a lot to this that the people just don't really think about. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And if one person is put to death, one innocent person is put to death, Brian, that's one person too many. And so in, in, in just in the state of Oklahoma, where I just came from last week, uh, they've had 13 exonerees. They've had a history of botched executions. So if you got it wrong once, then you're going to be prone to get it wrong a second time. And listen, it is on every vacation. It is the height of big government, right? It's giving the state um, more power than it deserves. So I, I tell Brian, I tell people this, I don't trust the government to deliver my mail on time. I don't trust the government to give me accurate COVID numbers. Why would I trust the government? And I'm not being hyperbolic here, I'm not exaggerating, but why would I trust the government with literally my life? an issue of life and death. Um, so enhancing um, the scope and the power of government is, is, is automatically a red flag. And then also, like you just alluded to, innocent people have been put to death. And I know there's this narrative out there that the death penalty should be reserved for the most heinous of crimes. Well, first of all, the most heinous of, most heinous of crimes is subjective. I, I think everyone's, a lot of people want to point to, well, 
if someone gets murdered or if someone gets raped, that's a heinous crime. Well, what if someone gets kidnapped, but they don't get murdered? And that's not labeled a heinous crime. Well, now we haven't taken into consideration um, the family of that victim and the emotional and psychological ordeal that they have encountered. So when we use the term heinous of crime, what's heinous to one person may not necessarily be heinous to another person. And then also the death penalty it does, is, is not serving as a deterrent to crime. As a matter of fact, the death penalty doesn't make us more safe. And so there's this, this failed notion of thinking that, oh, if we just execute uh, the criminals, if, if we just threaten them with the death penalty, um, it is going to reduce crime. That's absolutely false. Listen, no, no, no criminal, no one who's intent on committing a crime is going to wake up and be like, okay, I'm going to execute this person. Oh, wait. If I execute the person under the state law, I might find I, I might be subject to the death penalty. That's not how that's not how criminals think. If someone has an intent um, to minute to commit a crime, they're gonna go about committing the crime um, regardless of what the law of the land is. That's that's what makes it criminal activity. That's what differentiates them from law-abiding citizens. So I think we have to rethink. Um, the way we approach the death penalty and what we have been learned or educated about the death penalty. Yeah, and uh, there's a video you guys did back in February for Black History Month. I wanted to really quickly share that with the audience because it brings on another aspect of, uh, of talking about death, the death penalty. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen really quick. And by the way, folks, if you're on the podcast version of the show, we'll head over to the YouTube. You'll go ahead and see the uh, the video here live. But hey, this will work as well for, uh, for an audio listener as well. Take a listen. Hi, I'm Demetrius Miner, and I'm the National Manager for Conservatives Concerned About the Death Penalty. And as we reflect upon the contributions made by African Americans during Black History Month, I want to bring awareness to a critical issue that is affecting our communities. Discrimination in capital punishment was explicitly written into many state laws during the era of slavery. Black people, whether they were free or enslaved, faced the death penalty for crimes that were not even eligible for death if committed by a white individual. The Supreme Court outlawed the death penalty in 1972 because of its biased applications. Lawmakers then rewrote death penalty laws to create more consistency in death sentencing. And the death penalty was restored to state starting in 1976. And to no surprise at all, the revised laws still failed to address racial bias. When I think of those who are abolitionists of slavery, names like Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, Sojourner Truth, and John Brown come to mind. But it is you that I now have in mind. Because now is an opportunity for conservatives to be abolitionists of the death penalty. For those who have been oppressed and victimized by a justice system that has failed to represent them, we as conservatives must reassure them, we'll speak up for them. 
It is time for us to act. It is time to end the death penalty. For more information on how you can join our cause, please go to www.conservativesconcern.org. Well, I mean, right there, and this is a conversation that I think we've seen far too often not address, and that is that, yes, the death penalty directly goes after the, those minorities that the laws in many cases were written explicitly to go after in the first place. This is something that I wasn't aware of, and, and frankly, I'm so glad that you're doing this to help raise awareness. So talk to us about this, Demetrius. What, what has this history of the death penalty really Why has in terms every of, home? there we go, in uh, racist, uh, racist backgrounds? In the world of wine, there are so many choices, and that's why Blood of Tyrants Wine has tyrants losing their heads. Whether you're looking for a new go-to at home or want to impress your friends at a party, Blood of Tyrants Wine has you covered. And if you're trying to get rid of some pesky tyrants in your life, well, we've got that covered too. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash wine and get $5 off your order. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash wine. Free men don't ask permission, so take a sip. You'll be glad you did. Absolutely. That's a great question, Brian. So out of the percentage of the individuals who are on death row, 41% are black. 41%. And because our sentencing standards are, are, are so vague and so arbitrary, what we are doing is we are allowing decision makers to fall back on conscience or unconscious prejudices about who they think the worst offenders are. And many times when you hear this language about the worst offenders or um, the, 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 these criminals who, quote unquote, are the lowest of society, a lot of times is racially hinged language. And so what the death penalty does, it exploits a prejudicial stance that has already existed. And so Within the conservative movement, you know, there's there's this long existed journey on how to make the, the movement more inclusive to to African-Americans, to Hispanics, to minorities. I believe a way that they can be successful in that is to not just talk about criminal justice reform and, and give this bird's eye view of it, but to be very specific and to talk about the racial bias that exists. So number one, you have to acknowledge that the, that the death penalty is an extension of systemic racism within the criminal justice system. You have to acknowledge it. And then you have to say, okay, we need to put it into this practice that it's not only violates our, our belief of having a consistent life ethic, uh, it's not only fiscally ineffective, uh, it, it not only does not serve as a deterrent to crime, but it's racially biased. And we have to call it for what it is. And um, the time to do that is now. Let's talk about, because uh, you are seeing right now, the time is to do it now. And you're seeing states across the country starting to take the charge. And before uh, when I had hand on the show, I don't know if this was a thing where you're having a lot of these local state chapters of conservatives concerned launching most recently, the 13th state now being Oklahoma. Talk to us about yeah. that. Oklahoma. I mean, you think all these red states and now they're actually taking on the death penalty with a, such such a, a focus. What, what's the, been the change? Absolutely, Brian. And, you know, 
Oklahoma is deep red. That's a deep red state. I mean, you're talking about a state that exists within the, the Bible Beltway. But what has happened in Oklahoma, it, for us, it started over the summer um, when there was national attention brought to the Julius Jones case. Um, a African-American male who was scheduled to be put to death, new evidence emerged uh, that um, really put a cloud of doubt um, over the fact that he was proclaimed to be guilty. Uh, many on the right, American Conservative Union, conservatives concerned about the death penalty, um, combined with voices on the left, um, brought awareness to this issue and asked for Governor Kevin Stitt to grant clemency. And um, thankfully he did. But what we wanted to do, we just didn't want that to be an isolated case where, you know, it's popular for, for, for a couple of days and then the issue wanes out. We wanted to build upon that momentum. So what we did was we looked at the history of Oklahoma. Oklahoma, again, 13 exonerees, botched executions, a a matter of a lack of transparency of how um, the death penalty was being implemented in that state. So we wanted to bring awareness about that and say, listen, um, the history here in the, in the Sooner State is uh, very alarming and it needs to come to an end. So we have forged a state chapter to bring about awareness of this issue and to add at a minimum uh, see a moratorium put in place uh, until we're uh, at the point where the death penalty can be fully repealed. All right. Now I got to put my sales guy hat on, even though I am currently wearing my uh, good ideas don't require force hat. Also it can be found at briannicholshow.com forward slash shop. Ha! But also putting my sales hat on. Um, one of the things we always talk about is not just uh, uh, overcoming objections, but blocking objections. And I know one of the main things I always hear, and I'm sure you hear all the time as well, is, well, what about though those worst of the worst, the, the the just absolute stain on society, stain on humanity, those criminals who, I mean, frankly, any of us had that gut instinct to say, yeah, they don't deserve to, to breathe our air anymore. They've done something so horrendous. So to those folks and, and to those those real situations that happen in our world, unfortunately, what say you, Demetrius? You know, I, I, I'm very cautious and hesitant to put one person's life as having more dignity over another person. Um, I, I, I also look through it um, through the lens of um, redemption and restoration. Um, the, the 23rd Psalm, I think even for those who are not um, overtly religious, uh, is familiar with the 23rd Psalm. We quote it at funerals. We we quote it at um, weddings. It's, it's, it's commonly used, um, especially in conservative politics. Um, at the very end, Brian, of that passage, the psalmist David says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And um, not to give people an extended Bible lesson on your show, but David was, wasn't just a psalmist. David was a king, but he was also an adulterer, and because of that sin, it led him to be a murderer. And yet we hear these words of grace and mercy 
um, becoming the language from one of the most prominent songs that he would ever write. I believe that stance has influenced who I am as a person. Because listen, even, even when we think we have the facts, even when we think we have the evidence, it's been proven that a lot of times that that's come at, come up as insufficient, especially with DNA evidence. But I think we have to ask ourselves as conservatives, as people um, who not just want to look at things logically, but we have to ask ourselves, where are we going as a society? What, what, what are we leaving behind for the generation that's going to follow us? Are, are we simply going to talk about a system that's going to issue out harsh punishment and not change society? Or can we focus on rehabilitating the individual, transforming the system, changing our approach? And so I, I never want to be in the position to where I say, this person's life has more value than another person's life. Or, or this person is more significant than the other person. And so I, I, I'm not saying that we're going to have this utopian society, but I do think that we have to change the way that we approach the individual. And then if we change the way we approach the individual, it changed the way we approach the issue. All right. Well, Demetrius, unfortunately, we are already hard-pressed for time, which means, uh, of course, we want folks to be able to continue the conversation with you. So do us a favor. Number one, direct us to where folks can go ahead and reach out to you, but also uh, continue to follow conservatives concerned about the death penalty. And then number two, final thoughts you'd have for the audience today as we wrap up today's episode. Absolutely. You can find our work at conservativesconcern.org. You can also follow me on Twitter at dminor 85 I'm also on Facebook. I'm just I'm on just about every social media platform. My message to the audience is stay engaged, um, stay active. We live in a society where um, many people are not inclined to do their own research and to to look on uh, to to know what the facts are. We live in a society where people want to go based off of feelings instead of off facts. But I just want to encourage your audience to 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 be engaged, to be active on the issues, educate yourself, uh, and don't 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 take one word um, as gold. Do the facts for yourself, and um, you'll be thankful for it. I know my final thought. It kind of echoes yours, Demetrius. Is that you need to be eternally curious. I when I first heard this this take, well, it, you have to right because when Hannah was in the show originally, <laughs> I was taken aback. I was like, really, like no death penalty at all. And, and like, that was a, a very controversial kind of approach for me to, to hear. But over the past, I think now four and a half years since I last spoke to Hannah first on the show um, to where I am today. Yeah. My entire perspective has changed because we, we see, and you mentioned this earlier, you see what the government does when they think they have the answers when it comes to COVID and lockdowns and trying to protect us over the past two plus years now from the, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And, and yet we now suddenly turn off that that rightful and we you know have an entire mountain of evidence to question government we turn off that that inquisitive and, and you know curious skeptical nature because 
It's something that traditionally conservatives have supported. Nah, it was, it really made me say, you know, I gotta be curious. I gotta look into this a little bit more. I gotta figure out, you know, truly to your point, what, what is the impact here? And once I did, my eyes opened. So Demetrius, thank you for this. Just a real quick note. I'm glad you mentioned we're supposed to evolve as human beings. I'm not, I'm 36. I'm not supposed to be the same person I was at 26. Yep. So evolving um, to change your stance based on new information is is a growth of maturity. It's actually something that should be more evident and more visible in the political spectrum. And sadly, it's not. So I don't condemn anyone who used to be pro-death penalty, but as they became educated, as they became aware that obviously that position is going to evolve. Evolving is actually a mature thing to do. Well, there you go, folks. If you if you found yourself being questioned uh, throughout the entire episode, and now you're now you're more curious. Well, folks, do me a favor, please. Number one, go ahead, give this episode a share, and when you do, make sure you go ahead and uh, tag yours truly and Demetrius, and also tag uh, Conservatives Concerned. We'll make sure we include all those links in the show notes. But number two, please go ahead and uh, reach out to Demetrius and the amazing team over at Conservatives Concerned. If you are in a state where you want to help lead the conversation, I know, folks, uh, you can go ahead and uh, if you your state does not have a local chapter or a state chapter. I'm pretty sure our man here, Demetrius, could go ahead and point you in the right way to where you can get started. And uh, other than that, folks, uh, if, by the way, did you know that we have all 570 plus episodes of The Brian Nichols Show available for your listening pleasure over at briannicholsshow.com. It's true. Uh, head over there or you can go to your podcast app and hit the little uh, like settings button and hit download all unplayed episodes where you can start with episode one. Hear my evolution starting back in 2018 all the way to where we are here. Uh, almost done, Demetrius. Hard to imagine with uh, 2022 as we head to 2023 and beyond. And this will continue to be a conversation that will be leading uh, the, the headlines. So with that being said, folks, thank you for joining us on today's episode. With that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Demetrius Minor from Conservatives Concerned About the Death Penalty. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to The Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network.